Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. is the end of the story about Eve's diary and it starts off with an extract from Adam's diary where he says perhaps I ought to remember that she is very young a mere girl and make allowances she is all interest, eagerness, vivacity the world is to her a charm a wonder a mystery, a joy. She can't speak for delight when she finds a new flower. She must pet it and caress it and smell it and talk to it and pour out endearing names upon it. And she is color mad. Brown rocks, yellow sand, gray moss, green foliage, blue skies, the pearl of dawn, the purple shadows of the mountains, the golden islands floating in crimson seas at sunset, the pallid moon sailing through the shredded cloud rack, the star jewels glittering in the waste of space. None of them is of any practical value so far as I could see. But because they have color and majesty, that is enough for her and she loses her mind over them. If she could be quiet down and keep still a couple of minutes at a time, it would be a reposeful spectacle. In that case, I think I could enjoy looking at her. Indeed, I'm sure I could, for I am coming to realize that she is quite a remarkably comely creature, slender, trim, rounded, shapely, nimble, graceful, and once, when she was standing marble-white and sun-drenched on a boulder with her young head tilted back and her head shaking in her hands, watching the flight of a bird in the sky, I recognized that she was beautiful. Monday afternoon, if there is anything on the planet that she is not interested in, it is not in my list. There are animals that I am indifferent to, but it is not so with her. She has no discrimination. She takes to all of them. She thinks they are all treasures. Every new one is welcome. When the mighty Brontosaurus came striding into the camp, she regarded it as an acquisition. I consider it a calamity. That is a good sample of the lack of harmony that prevails in our views of things. She wanted to domesticate it. 
I wanted to make it a present of a homestead and move out. She believed it could be tamed by kind treatment and would be a good pet. I said a pet 21 feet high would be no proper thing to have about the place, because even with the best of intentions and without meaning any harm, it could sit down on the house and mash it, for anyone could see by the look of its eye that it was absent-minded. Still, her heart was set upon having that monster, and she couldn't give it up. She thought we could start a dairy with it and wanted me to help milk it, but I wouldn't. It was too risky. The sex wasn't right, and we hadn't any ladder anyway. And then she wanted to ride it and look at the scenery. Thirty or forty feet of its tail was lying on the ground like a fallen tree, and she thought she could climb it. But she was mistaken. When she got to the steep place, it was all too slick, and down she came, and would have hurt herself but for me. Was she satisfied now? No. Nothing ever satisfies her but demonstration. Untested theories are not in her line, and she wouldn't have them. It is the right spirit, I conceded. It attracts me. I feel the influence of it. If I were with her more, I think I should take it up myself. Well, she had one theory remaining about this colossus. She thought that if we could tame it, and make him friendly, we could stand in the river and use him for a bridge. It turned out that he was already plenty tame enough. And now, back to Eve. Friday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and today, all without seeing him. It is a long time to be alone. Still, it is better to be alone than to be unwelcome. I had to have company. I was made for it. I think, so I made friends with the animals. They are just charming, and they have the kindest disposition and the politest ways. They never look sour, and they never let you feel that you are intruding. They smile at you and wag their tail, if they've got one, and they are always ready for a romp or an excursion or anything that you want to propose. I think they are perfect gentlemen. All these days we had such good times, and it hasn't been lonesome for me, ever. Lonesome? No, I should say not. Why, there's always a swarm of them around, sometimes as much as four or five acres. You can't count them. And when you stand on a rock in the mist and look out over the fury expanse, it is so muddled and splashed and gay with color and frisking sheen and sun splash, and so rippled with stripes that you might think it was a lake. Only you know, it isn't. And there's storms of social birds, and hurricanes of whirling wings, and when the sun strikes all the weathering commotion, you have a blazing up of all the colors that you could think of, enough to put your eyes out. We have made long excursions, and I have seen a great deal of the world, almost all of it, I think. And so, I am the first traveler, 
and the only one. Where we are on the march, it is an imposing sight. There's nothing like it anywhere. For comfort, I ride a tiger or a leopard because it is soft and has a round back that fits me and because they are such pretty animals. But for a long distance or for the scenery, I ride the elephant. He hoists me up on his trunks, but I could get off it myself when we are ready to camp. He sits and I slide down the back. The birds and the animals are all friendly to each other and there are no disputes about anything. They all talk, and they all talk to me, but it must be a foreign language, for I cannot make out a word that they say. Yet, they often understand me when I talk back. Particularly the dog and the elephant. It makes me so ashamed. It shows that they are brighter than I am, for I want to be the principal experiment myself, and I intend to be too. I've learned a number of things, and I'm educated now, but I wasn't at first. I was ignorant at first. At first, it used to vex me, because with all my watching, I was never smart enough to be around when the water was running uphill. But now, I do not mind it. I've experimented, until now I know It never does run uphill, except in the dark. I know it does in the dark, because the pool never goes dry, which it would, of course, if the water didn't come back in the night. It is best to prove things by actual experiment that you know. Whereas if you depend on guessing and supposing, you never get educated. Some things you can't find out, but you will never know you can't by guessing and supposing. No, you have to be patient and go on experimenting until you find out that you can't find out. And it is delightful to have it that way. It makes the world so interesting. If there wasn't anything to find out, it would be dull, even trying to find out. And not finding out is just as interesting as trying to find out and finding out. The secret of the water was a treasure until I got it. Then the excitement went all away, and I recognized a sense of loss. At first, I couldn't make out what I was made for. But now, I think it was to search out the secrets of this wonderful world and be happy and thank the giver of it all for devising it. I think there are many things to learn yet. I hope so. And by economizing and not hurrying too fast, I think they will last weeks and weeks. I hope so. When you cast up a feather, it sails away on the air and goes out of sight. And then you throw up a clod and it doesn't. It comes down every time. I've tried it and it always does so. By watching, I know that the stars are not going to last. I've seen some of the best ones melt and run down the sky. Since one can melt, they can all melt. Since they can all melt, they can all melt in the same night. That sorrow will come, I know it. I mean to sit up every night and look at them as long as I can keep awake 
and I will impress those sparkling fields of my memory so that by and by, when they are taken away, I can, by my fancy, restore those lovely myriads to the black sky and make them sparkle again and double them by the blur of my tears. After the fall, when I look back, the garden is a dream to me. It was beautiful, surpassingly beautiful, enchantingly beautiful, and now it is lost, and I shall not see it anymore. The garden is lost. The garden is lost, but I have found him and am content. He loves me as well as he can, and I love him with all the strength of my passionate nature, and this, I hope, is proper to my youth and sex. If I ask myself why I love him, I find I do not know, and I do not really much care to know. So I suppose that this kind of love is not a product of reasoning and statistics, like one's love for other reptiles and animals. I think this must be so. I love certain birds because of their song, but I do not love Adam on account of his singing. No, it is not that. The more he sings, the more I do not get reconciled to it. Yet I ask him to sing because I wish to learn to like everything that he's interested in. I am sure I can learn. Because at first I could not stand it, but now I can. It sours the milk, but it doesn't matter. I can get used to that kind of milk. It is not on account of his brightness that I love him. No, it is not that, for he is not to blame for his brightness such as it is, for he did not make it himself. He is as God made him, and that is sufficient. It is not on account of his graciousness and considerate ways and delicacy that I love him. No, he lacks in this regard, but he is well enough just so and is improving. It is not on account of his industry that I love him. No, it is not that. I think he has it in him, and I do not know why he conceals it from me. It is my only pain. Otherwise, he is frank and open with me now, and I am sure he keeps nothing from me but this. It grieves me that he should have a secret from me, and sometimes it spoils my sleep thinking of it. But I will put it out of my mind, and it shall not trouble my happiness, which is otherwise full of overflowing. It is not on account of his education that I love him. No, it is not that. No, it is not that. He is self-educated and does really know a multiple of things, but they are not so. It is not on account of his chivalry that I love him. No, it is not that. Then why is it that I love him? Merely because he's masculine, I think. At bottom, he is good, and I love him for that. But I could love him without it. If he should beat me and abuse me, I should go on loving him. I know it. It is a matter of sex, I think. And I'm going to stop here for a second, if you don't mind, so I can put in my own thoughts in here. So, this is supposed to be about Eve and her diary, and she said she loves him merely because he's masculine. 
Well, he's the only choice that she has, for there is nobody else. So maybe that is what she's saying. But when she talks about the fact that if he beat her and abused her, she'd go on loving him, that is totally wrong. And I don't want you to think that this is acceptable. Trust me, it is better to be alone and bask in your own self-love than to be with somebody who is going to abuse you. No one, no one deserves to be abused. Abuse is not only a criminal act, it is an act against a person's soul. God made each one of us special. We all have value, and we are all to be treated as a blessing. Do not ever think that you deserve less. And now that I said that, I'll continue on reading to the end. He is strong and handsome and I love for that. And I admire him and I am proud of him. Yes, I think I love him merely because he is mine and is masculine and there is no other reason, I suppose. And so I think it is, as I first said, that this kind of love is not a product of reasoning and statistics. It just comes. None knows whence and cannot explain itself and doesn't need to, is what I think. But I am only a girl, the first that has examined this matter, and it may turn out that in my ignorance and inexperience I have not got it right. And again, and I apologize for this because I never do this with stories, I respect an author's point of view and the time period in which they are writing. But for all of my female listeners out there, and for my males as well, a woman is not only just a girl, as Mark Twain mentions in the short story, pretending to be Eve writing. All of us are equal, regardless of gender or any other factor. Never let anybody think you are just something and that your opinion does not matter as much as theirs. And now you'll be happy to know I'm getting to the very end. It's called 40 Years Later. And Eve says, It is my prayer, it is my longing, that we may pass from this life together, a longing which shall never perish from this earth, but shall have place in the heart of every wife that loves until the end of time, and it shall be called by my name. But if one of us must go first, it is my prayer that it shall be I, for he is strong and I am weak. I am not so necessary to him as he is to me. Life without him would not be life, nor could I endure it. This prayer is also immortal and will not cease from being offered up while my race continues. I am the first wife, and in the last wife I shall be repeated At Eve's grave, Adam said, Wheresoever she was, there was Eden. Well, sweet one, I hope that this story isn't going to keep you up. That wasn't my intent. But it did give some good lessons in there that I want to remind you of. And the last lesson that I wanted to hit on is where Eve said, I am weak and not as necessary to him as he is to me. 
I hope none of you believe that in your own life. Each one of us is just as important as another. I want you to remember that as you go to sleep. Remember what a blessing you are to this world. Remember how important you are to another. Remember the difference you make in each person's life that you touch. And sleep well. Good night.